0: All right, America, week number seven of the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. Got a good guest today, Sarah Burris from Raw Story. You want to stick around for that. She's fantastic. We talk about the media. We talk about Trump. Great, great conversation with Sarah. You know, I'm I'm reaching a tipping point on impeachment. I talk about that on today's show. I've been talking about that uh, in my appearances on Fox and on other radio shows and podcasts. I think we're getting to the point where we've, we've reached it. Let me know what you think. And thank you for listening. Here we go. We
1: are now the defenders of the stronghold of democracy and of equal opportunity.
0: You and I as citizens have the obligation to shape the debates of our time Not only with the votes we cast, but with the voices we lift. The people are looking for honest
1: answers, not easy answers. The very word secrecy is repugnant. Clear leadership. And we are as a people. Not false claims and evasiveness and politics as usual. Opposed to
0: secret society. But ours was a nation of the battle, not the bullet. And a secret pursuit. As a people, we
1: cannot afford to let any group of citizens or any individual citizen live or labor under conditions which are injurious to the Commonwealth.
0: All right, America, let's talk. We have a president who's out of control. I have resisted the impeachment calls that so many on the left have uh, been screaming the past couple of months. But I think it's starting uh, starting to wear on me a little bit, the fact that this man has resisted proper oversight by the House of Representatives and the Congress— the last 6 months. And I don't know what else Congress can do at this point but impeach the president of the United States. Now, I I think we've got to go through the legal process somewhat. But I'm getting to the point where where you have subpoenas being, you know, just ignored. We have requests for documents being ignored. We have memos from the president's staff And letters to the Congress basically saying Congress has no right to oversee the president's activities and anything they request must be for a legitimate legislative purpose. America, I've read the Constitution of the United States. I've read the Federalist Papers of the United States. I wonder if all these judges from the Federalist Society will agree with that because I don't think they will. What we're seeing right now is courts across this country rejecting this philosophy from the president. The president has sued to keep his financial records from being released by his banks. And courts now have said, too bad, so sad. Congress could get whatever it wants. Congress has the authority to subpoena whatever it wants, whatever it deems reasonable. I was on uh, Fox earlier in the week with this congressman, Matt, somebody, or I can't remember his name. The guy's a freshman congressman from Florida, Matt Detz. And I asked him point blank, do you agree that Congress has the authority to provide reason to to perform reasonable oversight over the president of the United States? And he said he does. But he said, this isn't reasonable. I go, well, who gets to determine reasonableness? What who gets to determine reasonableness is the majority members of the House of Representatives who were elected. To hold this president accountable. And I'm sorry I get that the impeachment talk is scary and I think that some Democrats think that this might lead to a Clinton-like scenario where the Republicans pick up seat. Well, let me tell you something. Bill Clinton was impeached over something very personal. And yes, it was wrong what he did. Absolutely morally wrong. Uh, it, was, it was legally wrong. And I think in today's day and age, uh, people would be even more outraged uh, than ever. Over his actions with Monica Lewinsky. No doubt. But it was deeply personal. It was a personal flaw. And in 1994. uh, We saw it. America saw it as such. And as a result. The Democrats picked up seats in the house. But if you scratch a little deeper. America. Scratch a little tiny bit deeper. The president was impeached. About a year later, the House Democrats picked up seats. But then three years later, George W. Bush was elected president of the United States over Al Gore, the president's vice president. Now, remember this. The economy was booming. Bill Clinton's popularity, personal popularity was very high. Al Gore should have been, he should have been elected in a landslide. He was running against a deeply flawed candidate, who was not good on the stump, was not good in debates, but he did promise, he did promise to restore honor to the White House. Now, uh, I, I, I don't know how you do the math on this, but I think that the impeachment of Bill Clinton helped elect George W. Bush. So, All of these people running around with their hair on fire saying that impeachment is going to sink the Democrats in 2020. I am not so sure that's the case. And if I'm Donald Trump, I don't know if I want the first line of my political epitaph to read, president was impeached. I'm sure he doesn't want that. And I think it's time that the president, if he really doesn't want to be impeached, If he really doesn't want to be impeached, he needs to start cooperating with these investigations. If he's really innocent, he would be cooperating with these investigations. He would be letting people who testified for 30 hours, like Don McGahn. Don McGahn testified for 30 hours with the special counsel, with Robert Mueller. Why can't Don McGahn now go to Congress and say exactly what he said to, to Robert Mueller? Why is that a problem? Why is that different? I don't, I don't know why that's different at all, America. Uh, it's like the president uh, is okay with Don McGahn testifying behind closed doors and the transcript being available in the Mueller report, knowing that nobody's going to read the transcript. He just doesn't want that transcript being made into a movie. He's okay with the book being written, but he doesn't want the movie produced. And that's what's going on here. We got a president who is trying to cover up his cover up. And I think it's time for America to demand that the president release these documents, We to demand that people be allowed to testify. We saw a poll yesterday that said 73% of Americans want to see Robert Mueller testify. And the president needs to cooperate. And if the president's not going to cooperate, the president's going to ignore subpoenas, ignore requests for documents from the House of Representatives, a equal, a co-equal branch of government America, Not a lower branch of government, a co-equal branch of government. If the president is going to deny those subpoenas, then the president should be impeached. There should be at least an inquiry into whether or not he should be impeached. Now look, impeachment hearings doesn't necessarily mean he gets impeached. But once you open up that impeachment process, it becomes very difficult for the president to deny these subpoenas, and it becomes expedited in the court's to get those documents to the House of Representatives. And if the President of the United States is going to continuously stonewall the Congress, that's where he's going to land. And I ask you this, Mr. President, I ask you this. Do you think this will be good for you? I do not think so. I know you might think that. Maybe, you know, there's some school of thought that you're goading Congress into impeaching you. Well, be careful, you're going to be like the dog who caught the car. What do you do with it when you catch it? Because you're gonna, you're about to catch it. I, I don't think that the summer goes by. One or two things has to happen this summer, America. One of two things. Either the president needs to start cooperating, releasing documents, allowing people to testify, or Congress has to impeach the president. Congress cannot look. Ambition was to be made to counteract ambition. That's what the founders wanted. That's why we have this system of government of checks and balances. And if the president is going to continually thwart the House of Representatives legitimate constitutional responsibility to provide a proper check on the president, Congress has no choice but to impeach this president. No choice. They have to Jealously guard their constitutional power, which has, by the way, been chipped away, not just by President Trump, but has been chipped away by every president since Roosevelt. Significantly chipped away. The supremacy of the legislative branch has long been gone. But remember, the the legislative branch is Article 1 in the Constitution for a reason. It It was the branch that was supposed to be closest to the people that was supposed to have the most power. It's the only one of the three branches that can remove the other two. So Congress has very little choice. They have very little choice. They have to jealously guard their power. They have to jealously guard their authority. And if they're not willing to do that, I don't know what they're doing there. And that goes for Republicans as well as Democrats. That is the question I wanted to ask Matt Getz, who is a very outspoken conservative who has been very supportive of the president, almost blindly so. And I called him out on it on, uh, on Monday, and I reminded him that he's a William and Mary grad. I think it was Tuesday. Look it up. Yeah, the, uh, the hit's out there. I reminded him that he's a William and Mary grad, and as a William and Mary grad, he, under, he should understand, a William and Mary law school grad, he should understand the constitutional authority of Congress. And the person who gets to determine what's reasonable is not the president of the United States, the president of the United States, who said that he wanted to get rid of the investigation because he thought it was unfair. How could the person being investigated be the judge of the investigation, America? How is that right? How is this man above the law? Why would any of us, why would any of us agree to that, that he is above the law? For you, the Trump supporter out there who believes that the president is above the law, I want to know why you think that. I want to understand why you believe that the president should be held above the law, that laws that apply to you and I shouldn't apply to him. If you and I had obstructed justice in the way that this president has, you and I would be removed. If you and I removed, we would be in jail. If you and I were ignoring subpoenas, the federal marshals would come and arrest us and bring us to jail until we testify or provide the information that they were being requesting of us by congress i don't understand why the president of the united states is not held to the same standard as the people of the united states and if the only way to hold the president accountable is through impeachment then that's what has to happen and i'm look i'm not saying i want this i don't think it's good for america and america i'm not I am not one of those guys who hates the president. But the president has a very thin skin. The president is not used to people telling him no. The president is not used to people openly opposing him like they are now. I'm sure in his lifetime, many people have opposed him on many things. But not to his face and not to a way that ever got back to him in real time like it does now. So the president has a very thin skin. I mean, it's very, very clear what's been going on this week with the president. The president was supposed to meet with Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. And the president, they were supposed to be talking about infrastructure. The president a couple weeks ago uh, and and Schumer and Pelosi had met and they walked out of there with uh, the idea of a $2 trillion infrastructure deal. Well, the president probably never put that deal together, never put the package together, never was able to get any Republicans to come around on that deal. So he decided that today's the day he's going to start calling Nancy Pelosi crazy and barge out and say, end the investigations or I'm not going to do business with you. Mm, I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. I don't like the way this game's going. Meh. Big old baby. You really want to learn the lesson of Bill Clinton, Mr. President? Here's the lesson you should learn about Bill Clinton and impeachment. Mr. President, when Bill Clinton was being impeached by the House of Representatives led by Newt Gingrich, who was a devious political actor, the president of the United States said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to keep on being president. I'm going to keep on working for the American people. I am going to work with the House of Representatives on issues that matter to the American people. And he passed a lot of legislation and got a lot done. And the economy kept growing and jobs kept getting created and legislation got passed that reformed the way government did business while he was being impeached. He was able in his mind to separate the two things. Let them investigate me. I'm going to do the business of the people which they came here to elect me for. And you know what? The American people saw that. They respected that. And that's why his numbers grew. And that's why early on in the impeachment process, the president gained seats in the House. But once the impeachment process was done after those elections, because the Republicans retained control, the president lost, his party lost the next election to George W. Bush. And quite frankly, I don't think the Democratic Party has recovered since that election. Because the Republicans took a lot of state houses, they took a lot of uh, legislative seats, and they were able to redistrict because it was right after the census, and they have been rolling ever since. Because they can't win on the field of ideas, America. They do win when they choose their voters, when they shape districts like, you know, like fish, to try to put all the progressives in one pile. So yeah. The lesson of impeachment was Bush won, booming economy, people feeling the country was on the right track, and they didn't give the election to Al Gore, the president's vice president who should have been elected in a landslide. It should have been a walk. So as we head into 2020, I say, if you're going to do it, do it now. Let the American people understand what's really going on with this president. Do I think he'd get a small bump initially in his polls? Yep, I think he will. He'll get a small bump. His base will be, you know, fired up. But you know who else will be fired up? Your base. And then the people in the middle... Who decide elections will get to see the truth about this president through hearings on television with sound bites, which is the only way Americans understand anything anymore, unfortunately. They'll see the people talking, they'll hear the sound bites on their evening news, they'll read the quotes in the paper, and then they'll understand for themselves what's been going on in this country. Because I don't think right now they do. I think they've heard about the Mueller report. They may have read a couple of lines of the Mueller report. They've read a couple of paragraphs in the New York Times or their local paper about the Mueller report. They hear talking heads like me talking about the Mueller report, but they haven't actually understood what really happened. When Don McGahn raises his right hand and swears to tell the truth before Congress and then testifies for 30 hours about what he said to the Mueller investigation, assuming the Democrats can get their act together and question people appropriately, which they don't always do, you've heard me talk about that before. The American people then will understand better what happened in the Mueller report. They'll have a visual and an audio uh, uh, effect on them. Sorry, the visual and audio has a bigger impact on them than the spoken and than the written word does, because people don't read anymore. That's why the president, look, this is the only reason why the president is not letting people who testified to the Mueller commission, to to, to Mueller, testify before Congress. He's not worried about them saying something new. He's worrying them about saying things they already said. You could find out exactly what they said. It's in the Mueller report. He's calling it a redo. No, look, Mueller did not draw a conclusion on obstruction. And quite frankly, that obstruction might have influenced his view on collusion. And by the way, on collusion, if you read the Mueller report, it doesn't say that they weren't trying to collude, it just said collude, it said they weren't successful at it. It didn't rise to the level of a criminal conspiracy. They weren't good at that either. So yeah, the Democrats are in a bit of a pickle, but so is the president. If the president thinks that this slide towards impeachment is good for him in the long run, he is absolutely wrong. This slide to impeachment might not lead to his removal by the Congress, but it very well could lead to his removal by the people, which I think is something he should fear more. Because I don't think the people of the United States of America want to live through another four years of this nonsense, of this back and forth nonsense, of the temper tantrums, of the name calling, of the immaturity coming from the president of the United States who should be above all that. And he's not. It's sad. It's a disgrace. It's a national embarrassment. And something's got to be done to hold him accountable. And I think most Americans, that's why they gave the Democrats the majority in the House of Representatives. They gave him the, the majority to hold the president accountable. So I get that Nancy Pelosi wants to protect a few moderates, and she should. But we've got to figure this out. And the courts has got to act quicker. They're already starting to rule in favor of disclosure to Congress. And I believe the Supreme Court will uphold that, even his own nominees. And when that happens, this man better head for the hills. He better start heading for the hills. He better start releasing everything and trying to work with Congress or he is going to be in big, big trouble. All right. Stick around. I got Sarah Burris from Raw Story joining me on the other side of this break. You don't want to miss this interview. She's been covering the media in the age of Trump. I'm really excited to talk to Sarah. I also want you to follow her on Twitter. She's at Sarah Burris. So stick around. I'll be right back. Joining me right now, somebody who I've always wanted to talk to. One of the great things about having a radio show is that you get to check in with people who you kind of meet through the media and, and have a conversation with me. Sarah Burris, she is a columnist and reporter uh, for Raw Story, and if you haven't read her stuff, she, she's prolific. She writes all the time, uh, and she writes about the media. She writes about politics. She's written for some other big uh, online uh, sites over the years. Sarah Thanks for coming on tonight.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: I'm really glad to have you. You're you're calling in from Oklahoma. I think that's a first from uh, for the Chris Hahn Show. Uh, I've never had an Oklahoma uh, guest before, so I appreciate you calling in from the Midwest, uh, the heartland, as you will, or as Trump calls it, the real America.
1: Yeah, well, something like that. <laughs> I don't know how real we are.
0: But, uh, uh, my only... My, they were keeping it rural. Yeah, you were keeping it rural. <laughs> My <laughs> only prior experience with Oklahoma is I did the play Oklahoma, like back in the '90s. I played Will. Right pa- I played Will Parker. <laughs> so an excellent role. An excellent role. I think the best role for a man in that. I, everybody thinks that the lead is the best role, but it, Will Parker has a lot more fun. So, so Sarah, let's talk about uh, the madness of King Trump, if you will, because uh, the last couple of days have been just outrageous if you ask me uh the canceling of the meeting with pelosi and trump uh, pelosi trump and and schumer about infrastructure because he's worried about being investigated it, give me your your initial thoughts on all this i mean the first thing that
1: i thought is that i've been in politics for 15 years now if you cannot uh deal with antagonists At the same time that you're trying to do the work of the people, you have no business being in professional politics. Right. Everyone does all the time. And it has gone back as far, you know, it's gone back decades and decades of Republicans and Democrats um, having people on the other side who are attacking them, having people from various organizations and interest groups attacking them. So, surprise. This is what's happening in Donald Trump's administration. But because he's never been in politics, right. because he has like zero experience, he has no idea that this is a thing. And uh, and he's just not handling it well. He's he's dealing with it like a petulant
0: little child. I've actually said that he has no experience with anybody ever pushing back on him ever. I mean, even people that he was doing business deals with, his people would insulate them him from the pushback.
1: Exactly. And, and particularly when you think about women, women do not uh, go up against Trump. And so, for Nancy Pelosi, um, who is a a, a petite, um, small woman, to go up against this uh, whatever height he pretends to be, um, I, I, and, and fight him in a way that he cannot grasp, right? I think that's freaking him out.
0: It's completely freaking him out, and he has no ability. You know, and everybody's talking about how well Bill Clinton got impeached and look what it did for him. Well, here's what it did for him. Uh, his vice president, who should have been elected in a walk, didn't get reelected. And the difference between Clinton and Trump is when when the Republicans were trying to impeach him, he was sending them legislation, which they were passing. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I don't know how I don't know how that, that could be any different, any more different than what we're seeing right now.
1: I would say, too, uh, and a lot of the media doesn't give Americans credit for this. Americans are not stupid. They just get treated like they're stupid during an election. And a lot of Americans can see the difference between you are blowing up a completely BS um, sex scandal and trying to make it into something. And I think people saw through that. Right. With Bill Clinton. They, right. they understood what that was really about. Um, I think that people can distinguish the distance, the difference between Trump and Clinton with that respect. Like, this is a legit scandal. This is a an actual problem that involves you know, more than just palace intrigue, right? This is, this is about an international, um, scandal. And, and so I think that, that people are smart enough to know that, but I think they're to a point where they don't have all of the information. They want the information. They need people with authority to come and explain how this works and what's going on. Nobody's going to read 700 pages of, of Robert Mueller's talking points and, and bullet points and, Stuff like I, I had a hard time reading that. I thing. did too,
0: and I do it for a living. And I, and I got to tell you, I, I, you know, I'm. Look, here's the thing. I mean, it's been said before. I'm not the first one to say this line. The president was okay with the book being written, but he doesn't want the movie to come out because he knows more people are going to understand the movie, (laughs) right? He doesn't want to see the visual. He doesn't want to see Don McCann stand up before the cameras or raise his right hand and swear to tell the whole truth and then tell the the Congress exactly what he told Robert Mueller. And you can't claim privilege. I'm an attorney. You can't claim privilege when you've already allowed it to go out, (laughs) Exactly.
1: And it's not just I mean, it's Don McGann. It's Robert Mueller. It's it's everybody who has been in on this. And now we have the Mueller report to compare to their initial uh, testimony. Right. And so that's why a lot of these people are being recalled. It's like, wait a minute. You said this. But in the Mueller report, it says this. So let's have a conversation about what that is. Tell right. me tell me why you said this. I, I know specifically for for Donald Trump Jr., uh, he's got a lot of conflicting problems in his previous testimony versus the Mueller report, Um, which I say, great, let's throw him in the congressional cell in the basement. That would be fun.
0: I think they should. Uh, You know, I think, look, I I think if Congress is not absolutely – willing to defend vigorously their own power they shouldn't even be in congress i i I always ask this question on my radio show like why are these people in the united states senate if all they're going to do is roll over for the president are they there for the Mm -hmm. government office space i don't i don't get it what are you there you could be making more money on the outside with less responsibility and having more fun why are you there if you're not going to do the job that the constitution demands of you and that's to hold the president accountable
1: Exactly. That's one of the things that Pelosi talked about today in her press conference. She said, you know, our job as members of Congress is an oversight. Um, you know, yes, we pass laws. Yes, we deal with the budget. Yes, we can decide if we're going to go to war or not. But we have oversight of the other branches. That is our role. Right. And so I I feel like this is, you know, the, the Congress stepping up and saying, you know, hey, this is our thing. This is what we do. So we're uh, we're going to move forward and and do what our constitutional duty directs us to
0: the president is asking to be impeached. And I think when he catches this car, he is going to be very upset by it. We already have one Republican who's come out and he's not a wishy-washy liberal. He's a freedom caucus member who said he should be impeached. Uh, I don't <laughs> think it's going to take that much to get a few more. I don't know that we'll get a majority of them, but a couple of them will have some consciousness and backbone and we'll stand up to him. And I, I don't know if it's a critical mass of them, he's going to have some trouble, especially going into 2020.
1: Exactly. That's where this comes in to, to be key with politics, is if if Democrats can sell this to the American people, if we can explain to people what this is about, what happened, and all of the details about what they need to know, then I think we could sell this idea of you need Republicans to support this. And once people in their districts start saying, all right, man, this is sketchy. Let's look into this. Let's have an investigation. And that's all impeachment is, right? Impeachment from Congress is just an investigation.
0: It's just the grand jury, uh, really, is what it is. It's the Congress is the grand jury. It's the investigation of the president. And then the Congress votes almost in the same way a grand jury would to indict. And, And then the Senate has a trial. The hearings are happening. I I would say this is what I believe, Sarah, and you tell me what you think. By the end of the summer, the president will either be impeached or he will be releasing the documents and and responding to the subpoenas appropriately because this Congress can't do this anymore. Uh, You cannot have a president that is going to just stonewall like and just say for no reason at all and have judges mocking his attorneys. Uh, in court when they when they release these documents. And eventually what's going to happen is a, doc, uh, a court's going to rule that the president needs to uh, release some documents and respond to a subpoena and he's just going to say no. And then what does Congress do? You can't hold back anymore.
1: Uh, you're 100% right. Like That's exactly what this is. I will add a caveat. I think a big part of this is now that Congress has started to do the subpoena route, right, where they're trying to look at every other option that they can get through to do an investigation without impeachment. And I salute them for it. I mean, it's like, yeah, we got to prove to Americans we're exhausting all possible options. Right. But I think pulling in that third branch, the judicial branch, to say, this is your role. You know, we're here to make the laws. You must uphold them. Yep. And in these instances, we have serious questions about you know, he is he is willfully violating the law and right. the, the legislature can, you know, do the lawsuit, throw the lawsuit in court. But they need judges to step up and be like, yeah, no, that's not how this works. And I think any time we aren't taking this to the courts first, I think we're belittling uh, two branches of government. You know, it, if Congress has this oversight role, they have to be allowed to do the oversight. Right. They can't Stonewalling is not cool like it's it's not cool but it's also not legal and by the way and
0: and by the way i think that even the judges he's appointed at some point we're going to run into a judge that he's appointed and these federalist society guys have been saying for years that congress has unlimited authority to uh, oversee the president what are they going to say i mean some of these guys have written white papers or written briefs or written law review articles about the congress's ability to perform oversight over the president I, i think even gorsuch and and kavanaugh are going to have to vote With the majority to say, yeah, no, you've got to respond to this subpoena.
1: Absolutely, this is going to end up on one of those things where Trump thinks he's he's nominated somebody who's going to take care of him, but they don't believe that way. Right? You know, they they have to follow the law to the letter, and and most judges are not going to if they're following the law to the letter, if they're
0: following the Constitution, if they're being consistent with their own opinions in the past, right
1: and And even if you know he's, he's nominated a ton of different judges, but these are these can always go to higher courts. and he hasn't nominated as many judges uh, you know in the highest courts as he would like to think that he right
0: has. right the circuit so there's
1: courts. always so there's always somewhere higher to go um, that has a rational mind who can be like, yeah, no.
0: Yeah. Yeah, And right now there's, you know, it's going to those higher courts and and the judges did not even allow the stays because your arguments are so his arguments are so weak. So, Sarah, you know, you're a media reporter. How do you feel? uh, I'm sure you agree with me that the media has given this guy too much slack and they take too much of what he says seriously. Uh, I want your, you know, you know, as a real media observer, I really want to hear what you think about it.
1: It's so frustrating and I get what they're doing. I think that this is. They have a an obligation to the American public to tell the truth, to cover the story, to deliver the news to us. At the same time, this is a business, right? Like these people are making money off right. of the news. Right. And, and when that started to happen, it, these cable news outlets have 24 hours that they have to fill and they got to make money so that they can sell advertising so that they can continue to, you know, do the news part of it. You know, it's like, it's like BuzzFeed with all of those listicles and the quizzes and
0: stuff. Right.
1: So, you know, that's what a lot of these conversations and these, you know, asking Rick Santorum to come on and spew his his whatever, his right. Santorum his, everywhere. Right, his
0: hate, <laughs> his Santorum.
1: Right. And, Some of us uh, get that joke. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, this... There's this this line that I feel like they cross a lot of the time, and I, I get why they're doing it, but it's so annoying. It's just like this is not good for the country.
0: No, I feel like they're they're not fulfilling the role that the founders had for them, which is why they created the first. It's a, the the press is the only profession that is protected by the United States Constitution, the only one, and 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 they they gave them a special place to perform a special role. And I think you're right. I think the fact that it's a business now has changed the way the press operates and we're not getting that in-depth reporting. We're not getting that, you know, that almost critical thinking where we have a president who's spewing nonsense and that nonsense is being treated as if it's coming down from, you know, on high, you know, tablets from Moses.
1: And the investigative journalism component of this, you know, you have very few papers. who have enough you know, money for FOIA uh, requests for lawyers who can fight um, stonewalling from the White House in court. There is just not a lot of money out there. So people who, you know, buy up these newspapers, um, I'm thinking of Jeff Bezos, right? He's got right. all the money he needs. Um, Jeff Bezos can fund a serious investigative team and has to go after Trump. So no wonder he hates
0: this right. But you know what? I don't understand. You know, maybe you can answer this for me. They're not even following like the scandals. Like a couple of weeks ago, Jerry Falwell Jr., uh, it was revealed that uh, Michael Cohen was helping him out of a blackmail situation and happened to keep one of the photos of Jerry Falwell Jr. doing God knows what with God knows who. And the press just that way it was a one day story and we haven't heard anything about it. Usually a good sex scandal like that would have some serious consideration by the press. Don't you think?
1: If this was 10 years ago, you would have an inquirer chasing him through a hotel. Right. Right. So it's it's one of those weird things where you're like, man, but, but this, what happened to that? But the, this guy,
0: is, have- the guy endorsed the president of the United States when there were real evangelicals running for president. And this evangelical leader endorses Donald Trump, a guy who has five kids with three different women, and we all came to know him through his sex scandals. And— mm-hmm we find out that he was probably being blackmailed by Michael Cohen. And nobody's even nobody's even talking about it but me. Not only is nobody talking about it,
1: nobody is really reporting on it. Um, it. The the one thing that I saw, there was a thing in the Miami Herald today where um, they have stayed on that story. They're following what's going on because the developer that was involved in that scandal um, is down there. Ooh. So they did an interview with him, and he made a comment in the interview that was buried like six paragraphs in and it made some comment where um i think they asked him if if he could comment on michael cohen and you know the allegations there and the uh the developer said um i'm not allowed to talk about that at this time Hmm. and and i thought wait a minute that's what your lawyers tell you to say
0: yeah everybody's lawyered up it's a sex scandal. Everybody, look, I don't want to see the pictures of Jerry Farwell Jr. naked. Thank you. I'm, I'm fine. Right. I do want to retweet them though, Sarah. I do want to right. retweet them <laughs> to all my evangelical friends. Okay. Yeah. I want to make sure they understand what they're dealing with. You know what I'm saying? Pharisees or and the doctors person, of the law. I don't know if that rings a bell to any of you evangelicals yeah. out there, but there's there's your guy. <laughs>
1: i think christmas cards i would totally send them out of christmas <laughs> cards that would be
0: fabulous uh you're braver than me because you're a millennial i'm a gen Xer, so i <laughs> i've, I've got that. to slow it down a little bit you know i gotta like i gotta you know we're, we're supposed to be above that in the gen x generation at this point
1: <laughs> <laughs> i've seen reality bites i know what that's really about
0: <laughs> it was exactly like that <laughs> so, <laughs> But Sarah, I mean, I, I just, I just, I just, is there any hope? Like, what are you reading? What are you watching? Where do you get your information from? I mean, I know you watch TV news for a living. I know you cover all this stuff. But like, when you really want to know what's going on outside of your own reporting, where are you getting your information?
1: Um, a couple of different places. A couple of things really uh, kind of grab me. One of them, you're going to laugh, is my mother. <laughs> um, my mother is a good Southern Baptist conservative in yep. Oklahoma, yep. and she hates Donald Trump. She thinks he's disgusting. Um, she is offended by him uh, being a womanizer. She is disgusted by his policies and his politics. She does not view him as a Christian, even a little bit, Um so things like that, like talking to people who don't do this for a living, right. who only get their information because, you know, their daughter's writing about it, right? Um, and even half the time she doesn't read my stuff anyway. Right, so, right. Um, and I try to only send her the things that involve cute furry animals or veterans or kids or stuff like that.
0: Right, right, right. Um,
1: so, but, but she, from the very beginning, hated Donald Trump. And so I just keep thinking, you know, if, if my mom thinks that, there yeah, are there's there.
0: there's got to be a group of, you know, evangelical type women who, you know, just are disgusted by this whole thing. And I'm wondering if they're ever going to really turn on him. And I, you know, I don't know what it's going to take. Uh, But maybe some investigative journalism about him, you know, blackmailing an evangelical leader through a sex scandal to endorse him might help. (laughs) One would hope. You would think. All right. Sarah Burris, you got to read her stuff. She's at Sarah Burris online. She writes for Raw Story. Uh, She's prolific. And I'm really excited to have had a chance to talk to you. Is there anything you want to plug, Sarah? Anything that you've got going on?
1: Oh, just the same old stuff going on in, in Oklahoma. Um, one of the things that I've really taken on lately is my brother died suddenly last week, lost his addiction uh, battle. So I'm sorry about up- that. Thank you. Um, I've reached the anger stage of grief. Yeah. So stuff gets done when I'm angry. Uh, so I've taken up the mantle of trying to fight opioid abuse and opioid addiction. Um, Oklahoma is one of the worst places. And on Tuesday, I will say Tuesday, Oklahoma, uh, the attorney general and a cadre of lawyers are taking Johnson and Johnson to court and it's going to be televised live on TV. Well, We're going to finally see an opioid lawsuit
0: live. I, I am proud of you for that and I wish you well in that. Sarah Burris at Sarah Burris on Twitter. follower you won't regret it I've been following her for a couple years that's my interview with Sarah Burris she is fantastic check her out at Raw Story it is look they they cover the media they cover all the fights uh, but they've got a lot of interesting things to say as well so uh, you definitely want to check at Sarah Burris on Twitter and check out Raw Story at rawstory.com right, I'll be right back right after this stay where you're at All right. That's the show for this week. I got to tell you, every week gets more intense. I don't know if we're really at the tipping point yet as a nation to impeach the president. I know that Congress is on its last nerve. The president's got to be kidding me half the time. I mean, this, this stunt he pulled with Nancy Pelosi and Chuck last week is the latest and greatest in his reality show presidency. And then he goes across the ocean. He goes to Japan and you know, he's bashing our own nation while he's there. I, I I tweeted about the Dixie Chicks over the weekend. Remember when conservatives lost their collective marbles over the Dixie Chicks saying something mildly offensive about George Bush when they were in London? This guy's saying good things about Kim Jong-un and bad things about America while he's in Japan. You conservatives have no shame. Anyway i got to remind you always to seek the truth. Question everything and everyone, even me, America, especially this president. And I'll be back here next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast.